and they know when I become really sad because I become quiet and I'm shy and I talk less. I still talk, but I talk less. <laughs> and the reason why I'm telling you that is because for 37 years of my life, I'm now 44. And that one emotion was just be happy. Can anyone relate? You can raise your hand. This is an activity. Participation is required. So that one emotion was what I was taught growing up. And you couldn't air your dirty laundry because you couldn't tell anybody about your business. And if you were feeling anything else, you just had to stuff it. Stuff it, stuff it, stuff it, stuff it. Are any steppers in the house? All right. Jesus, you saw those hands. Work your magic. Holy magic. So, in the time of February 2005, my husband and I started attending GBCC. We have moved here from California. And we're in California. So, we moved from California to Las Vegas with two boys in tow. And um, I had a pretty normal life. At least I thought was a normal life because I was only happy. So it was normal. Gary and I had been married for seven years before we had our first son, Colin, who is now 11. And I always tell people, oh, we just wanted to enjoy each other and travel and just get to know each other. But the main reason why we waited seven years is because of me, because I was scared to death to have children. I was raised in an abusive home where my mother was physically and emotionally abusive to me. And I did not want to impart that on my children. And I remember a dear Christian friend said to me, Oh honey, it's at the forefront of your mind all the time. It'll never happen. I wish that was true. We had a pretty good marriage until we fought. And since my example growing up was really nasty fighting, that's how I fought. And words cut like a knife. So when we fought, I would get my arsenal ready and I would just throw it at them. At them. I would cut. I would hurt. I would do anything I can to get my point across. And I just thought that was normal. Because then we would make up and everything would be fine. Or Gary would give up and say, I'm sorry. So we would be fine. They weren't frequent, so because I stuffed, I'm a good stuffer. But little did I know that it was rooted in a deeper issue. I believed when I became a Christian that I was a new creation and I would never have to deal with anything from my past because God forgave me. I'm a new creation. The reason why I tell you 2005 as the starting point was because that's when God began this wonderful journey to take me to redemption. He took me back to my past to heal my past. Memories of the past would come up from time to time, but I would stuff them back into my heart, lock them up, and throw away the key, kind of like a magician. David Copperfield, you know how he puts on the straight shoot thing and wraps him up in a chain and everything. 
and throws himself in the water and never come out, right? Well, what's, what happens? He comes out, right? He breaks free. Well, that's also my emotions and my past. They always broke free. My dad had suffered a massive stroke in 2005. Our business was failing, and my emotions started to rage more frequently. My perfect normal life was cluttered with memories of guilt and abuse. And from 2005 to 2006, I was struggling to keep everything together, mostly myself. My outward bursts were more frequent, and now they were directed at my oldest son, who was three. The rage inside me was about to blow, and I tried desperately to stop it. And it was like a tea kettle. You know how you have a tea kettle and you put it on the stove and you turn it on high and you hear the water brewing and all of a sudden the smoke starts coming out and then you hear the whistle, right? Well, that was my emotions. I would blow up, woo! And then I would sit myself back in the server and I'd go, woo! And then once in a while I'd be, woo! I was like that tea kettle 
blowing up at any moment's notice. I thought I had to keep it together. No one could ever know my past, my thoughts, or my fears, not even God. I was lonely, depressed, and hopeless. My life was never going to be abundant, full of joy, or happy. Just fake it through life, Michelle. Fake it through. Fake it through. And when you die, then you'll have it all. But on this earth, just fake it through. Looking at your faces, I can see that some of you can relate to that. But God wants to heal you. He wants to transform you. And he wants to give you an abundant life on this earth. Redemption is a gift, my friends. It is a gift to everyone that only you and I can say yes to. God will not force himself on you. He will not until you say yes. Then watch out. We have to give him permission. We have to be willing. I remember in the winter of 2006, I was at my lowest point. And I was listening to a Chris Tomlin song, Holy is the Lord. And the song begins, We stand and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I'm singing it, and I'm like, the joy of the Lord? Joy? What is that? Joy. I'm on a crazy worship team. <laughs> Just because you're praising and worshiping doesn't mean you believe it. I will never have joy in this world. Never. I said. And I heard God whisper, Yes, you can. <clears throat> I can. I cried out loud, and I shouted. I said, what? I gave you my life. I gave you my husband. I gave you my children. I gave you my job. I gave you my finances and my home. What more could you want from me, Lord? said, Michelle, I want your heart. I want your heart. And I said, what? My heart? <laughs> no, I can't do that. <laughs> I don't trust you. Where were you when I was growing up, Lord? Where were you when she was hitting me, Lord? Where were you when she was punching me? Where were you when she was choking me? Where were you when she was calling me names? Where were you when I said, if there was a God, show me? Where were you, Lord? Where were you? And now you're telling me you want my heart? Are you kidding me?
Psalms 34, 18 says, I am close to the brokenhearted, and I save those who are crushed in spirit. And Genesis 50, 20 says, What was intended to harm you, God intends it for good. And you know what that verse continues on to say? Joseph said that to his brothers when they threw him, right? In that big old garbage can or dumpster, we probably would call it dumpster today, and sold him into slavery. And he saved Israel. So what's intended to harm you, God intends it for good. My tea kettle had exploded, and as I yelled and screamed and blew my top off, as you can tell, I'm a little loud. I didn't realize that I started to give my heart to the Lord. I had blamed him for my past. I had blamed him for my life. I had blamed him for even bringing me into this world. My family would be better off without me. The world would be better off without me. The pain was so deeply rooted in my heart. And all the Christian stuff I was doing was not filling the void that only the Redeemer could do. That's right. Matthew 11, 28 says, Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. I was burnt out. I was done. I was angry. My anger turned to tears. My tears started to reveal this deep-rooted pain in my heart. And God, he just sat there and listened. He didn't reprimand me. He didn't yell at me back. He didn't tell me, oh, no, you can't yell at me. You cannot talk to me like that. Who do you think you are? He just took it. He took it. He took my yelling. He took my hurt. And as I crawled into his lap, for the first time in my life, he hugged me. He taught me that I, I could do that. And I didn't even realize that I was angry at him. Because again, I was taught to be happy. And you could never be angry at God. Because God is a God of wrath and judgment. And he will condemn you to the pits of hell. That's a lie. That's a lie. Giving my heart to God was the beginning of the process of redemption. And just like salvation, we are saved instantaneously when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But sanctification, which is a big word that means setting apart means it's a process. It's a process that God does through our hearts as he separates the yuck and makes us into those women that he has already created us to be. Redemption is a process the same way. It can be instantaneous because he is the redeemer. But for me, he took me on a six-year journey to heal from my childhood. So look at it this way. I was 37 years old. When I surrendered my heart to God. That's 37 years of renewing of the mind, spirit, and soul. Right? You following? Yes. So that's a lot of baggage. 
to clean up. It's kind of like laundry. You get that big pile of laundry, you're like, ah! But it's one load at a time. One load at a time, he wants to clean your heart. And he wants to cleanse you and make you whole. Now, ladies, because I know we're multitaskers, do not, do not take your pile to the laundry mat look like and the first 
relationship I needed to work on was with my Jesus, my Savior, my God, my Redeemer, my friend. Girls, that's a lot of laundry. Yes, it is. I had to first acknowledge him. I had to first acknowledge I needed help. As women, how often do we say we need help? I got this. I got this. Let me pick everything up, right? Oh, I got this. Just to get on top of my head. Right? I had to choose to let him in. Lord, I give you permission into my heart. And then I also had to commit that no matter what, I wasn't going back. No matter what, I wasn't going back. Like Veronica said, right? In her prayer, what is left behind stays behind. And lastly, I had to trust the process. Huh. 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 I got this, Lord. Just show me the plan and I'll take care of it, right? Trust the process? Hmm. But that means trusting the process is that I also had to learn how to trust the Lord. In order to have a deep and true relationship with everyone else, including my husband and children, it had to start with my relationship with the Lord. All my relationships were at arm's length, including God. The first thing the Lord wanted to do was go take me back to the beginning. My first hurt where it all happened, my childhood. It was the one place I never wanted to go. There's lots of pain there. There's lots of pain there. I felt that if I opened up that box, I wouldn't survive it. The feelings of shame, guilt, abandonment, rejection consumed me, and I was so afraid. What if I'm not the same person, Lord? What if it wasn't as bad as I thought? What if I remember something that I can't handle? What if? Romans 8, 1 says, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Good. For whom the Son sets free, he set free indeed. Yes. He set us free from sin and death. Yes. I combine these two scriptures together, but I'm sure you're all tracking <laughs> I had to go back to the beginning to be free of the chains that held me back. Everything stemmed from that hurt. My entire life stemmed from that hurt. I lived my life in that hurt. And everything I did when others hurt me, I lived in that hurt. It caused a string of consequences from both others and myself because of that hurt. I lived in the past. My life was moving forward, but I was living in the past. And in order to move on into today and onto the future, to even dream about what the future was going to look like, I had to clean up the laundry. And I didn't do it. The Lord had to. 
First John 1 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins, all our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness. I have to confess my past to God. I have to fess up, right? All the secrets have to come out. I have to then share it with someone I trust. And it wasn't my husband. And I had to even, I didn't even trust women. Hello, are you kidding me? Women? They're backstabbing, backstabbing, conniving. They gossip all the time and talk behind their back. I have to confess to a woman? Ministry that if you want to know about, I'll be happy to share with you. <laughs> and it starts with a C. <laughs> and it ends in a Y. And it's called Celebrate Recovery. Now I know it is not for everyone. I get that. Because the Lord moves miraculously and transforms any way, shape, or form. But I needed Celebrate Recovery to heal. Amen. It was an option that the Lord gave me. Yes. So you find your option and you take it. Yes. yes. But might I recommend? <laughs> Just saying. So after I found that moment to confess to, I also had to confess to myself. I had to acknowledge what happened in order to allow the redeeming process to happen. I had to speak it out loud. I had to open the door of my heart and allow the hurt to be released. Does that make sense? And in the, the spring of 2007, my husband was gone. And I was home with my kids. And I started crying. My face, I can't cry. I start feeling the feelings, right? And so I'm gonna step on. Can't do that now. Too busy. Sorry, I don't have time. So I picked up the phone and I called some girlfriends. And I got every single one of their voicemails. And there was this little book that you get in one of the classes, and I called the people in the book that I had not even really talked to and I all got their voice and And so I sat and I watched the movie with my boys and I just started crying a little bit, a little bit. We went to bed and I went to the foot of my bed and I sat down and I started to sob. I cried like I never cried before in my life. And these tears, they burned as I cried. It hurt so much. And I thought my heart was gonna stop beating because I couldn't breathe. The time she slapped me came across my mind. And I felt it. I felt it. The time she punched me. The 
the time she choked me, the time she called me a loser, the time she called me I wasn't pretty enough, smart enough, never amount to anything. Why were you ever born? And I bawled, and I wept. And girls, it was worse than I thought. The pain hurt so bad, and I relived every detail, and I felt every detail. It was like I was in a batting cage, and the bottles were just coming, and I couldn't swing fast enough because it hurt so much. And I wept, I wept, and I bawled, and I did this for several months. I did this for several months. <laughs> But you know what happened through that process? Was I had peace. I had peace. And you know what was even more miraculous? I could function. I could still be a wife. I could still be a mother. I could still work. I was working. I could still be involved in ministry. I was still praising. But I could feel the depths of my pain at the same time. The Lord gave me a dream one night during this process. And I, in, this, in this dream, I'm sitting on the floor in this white gown. And there's this spotlight, kind of like right now, on my face. And I could see this fight going on above me. But I was still sitting at peace. Psalms 91 describes it. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks at the dark, in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right side, but it will not come near you. You will only observe from your eye, with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling. No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves Amen. you, yes, yes, the Lord. I will rescue you. Yes. I will protect you, for you acknowledge my name. You will call on me, and I will answer you. I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver you. I will honor you. With a long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Amen. The fight I saw in the dream was a battle for me. 
There is a battle in the spiritual realm, my friends. God is fighting for you and me. The Lord fights for us. He fights for us with an everlasting love. He does not give up. He does not give up. That's right. He showed me. I got your back, Michelle. I got your back. I always had your back. I was there when she, your mother hurt you. I was there when she tried to choke you. I was there when she called you by name. I was there. I love you. I have redeemed you. I have formed you. I have called you by name. And you are mine. Yes. yes. You are his star. Hallelujah. That's right. forgive myself. 
needed to ask God to forgive me. And I then had to forgive my mom. It wasn't an option. But I didn't want to. But I said, all right, Lord, I'll do it. I'll obey you. I'll obey you, and I will forgive. But you're going to have to teach me how. Forgiveness doesn't come from me. The forgiveness comes from the Lord. I can't forgive anything, but God can forgive everything. How do you measure forgiveness, you may ask? For me, I measure it by the pain. If it's still hurt, I had to choose to forgive. Every time I felt the pain of rejection, I had to choose to forgive. When I remember the times that she abandoned me, I had to choose for, to forgive. Sometimes I had to do that on a mo every moment's notice. And the Bible says 70 times 70, right? That's right. That's in a day. It's not cell phone minutes where you can carry it to the next month. So forgiveness is a process. Forgiveness changes us from the inside out. It is the renewing of our mind and heart. And only God can teach us how to forgive. I can't teach you anything. I'm just sharing with you my little story that God gave me. Last year in the spring of 2012, the reason why I remember a lot of this stuff too, guys, is because I journal. They're memorials. Right. And I was driving, and I was on Whitney Ranch in Aurora Grande, and I got to the stop sign. And I said, Lord, that's how I talk to him. We just always talk. I think I love my mom. And he said, she doesn't deserve it, you know. And I said, I know. But I want to. And then drove to the stoplight. Past GB, GB, whatever, the high school. Warm Springs, there we go. Warm Springs in Aurora Grande. And I said, Lord, I don't deserve your love. And he said, I know. But I want to. I want to. I never set out with a goal to love her. I just set out with a goal to forgive her. But the Lord gave me a gift through the process of redemption. And that gift I never knew I needed. He gave me the gift of restoration. Restoration that I didn't have to even see her face to face to have. The Lord did that. I stand before you ladies changed because of that. And I even went and took it a step further because I felt like the Lord wanted me to find her. Not because I wanted to tell her I forgave her for all the stuff she did, but I wanted to tell her that I loved her. And the internet, which can be used for good, <laughs> I Googled it and I found her. She had passed away December 9th, 2007. And the 
reason why I tell you that date is because that was the day I first confessed and surrendered my heart to God. That was the year. And he knew that had I known before he took me through this beautiful journey of redemption, I would have probably not continued. God's timing is always perfect. He healed me from the guilt, the shame, the rejection, and the pain. And you know what else he gave me? He gave me another gift. I got to mourn her as a daughter who loved her mother. I have a mother. Her name is Gloria Keller. And she's beautiful. And she taught me how to cook. She taught me how to be hospitable to people, to welcome people in my home. Yeah, she chose to not love me at times. And she rejected me. But that's also free will. God gives us the gift of free will. And she chose not to use it for good. But she was beautiful. And I pray and I hope that she knew Jesus. Because that's all that really matters, ladies. Is eternity. Because if she did, praise the Lord, I'll get to see her one day. And I get to see my dad, and we get to be the family that we never were on earth. That is redemption. That is restoration. That only our Redeemer can do. And Lord, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Jesus, you're awesome. So as the real praise band comes up, Ladies, the Redeemer is waiting to give you a story to share with others 